caution. Your paradigm is about to shift at the intersection of fact and reason. You're entering Kingston Country. I'm Dan Kingston, and you're listening to the Dan Kingston Podcast. Navy hospital ships are on the way to New York and the West Coast, and the number of infected stands at over 200,000. Meanwhile, the president says the Department of Housing and Urban Development will suspend all foreclosures and evictions until the end of April. The Defense Production Act has been initiated, And that gives the feds power to tell all factories uh, exactly what is needed to be produced. Sounds like communism, but I guess that's the way forward. FEMA is currently activated at its highest level. And all of this because, mainly, the CDC's top disease modelers have presented that as many as 200,000 to 1.7 million Americans could die. Now, there's only... 200,000 infections all over the world right now. But apparently, the worst case scenario, again, is as many as 200,000 to 1.7 million Americans could die. This is coming from Matthew Biggerstaff, who's, again, one of the CDC's top disease modelers. And this is one of the things that has really scared a lot of municipalities uh, and local governments to do the shelter in place. And... What exactly is a shelter in place? I'd argue there is no shelter in place. There's an unconstitutional decree. It's treasonous and it's criminal. And any business that wants to stay open, frankly, could and should. I would like to see that challenged in the Supreme Court. Oh, wait, there is no Supreme Court because everything has been shut down because our country is run by very, very old people that control all the wealth. And they are very scared that they're going to get this thing because obviously the mortality rate is dangerously high. If you're in your 70s or 80s or up, you know, it's as high as maybe 20%, some people are saying. Now, if you're a healthy person around that age, I don't know, maybe it's less. Um, Or if you're a young person, the mortality rate goes way down. The question is, is this an overreaction? Because we're shutting down the entire economy, at least in the San Francisco Bay Area. Everything's been shut down. You have tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people are out of work. And it's spreading. I mean, New York has the uh, shutdown of bars and restaurants. And there's a question of constitutionality. There's a question of civil liberties. And I think we really need to weigh the consequences of a, a Great Depression type situation. So uh, let's really compare because, you know, when you have the Great Depression, you know that suicide uh, rates spiked. During the years, the Great Depression had the highest unemployment. You can correlate that to the highest levels of suicide during those years as well. I mean, they spiked during those years, suicide rates. And in the Great Recession, just, you know, 2008, they actually did a study. There was a study done, and it was um, from the British Journal of Psychiatry. They show a huge uptick in suicides between 2008 and 2010 linked directly to the economic crisis of that time, you know, the Great Recession. They found over 10,000 economic suicides connected to the Great Recession. So what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say, are we uh, trying to save lives and we're going to kill other lives? You can save people from coronavirus, but you can kill them from economic hardship. And is that an exaggeration? I don't think so. 
Suicide is not the only thing that kills you from economic hardship. What about nutrition? What about access to, you know, just basic medical care can kill you too if you don't have a job, if you're completely broke. Study after study shows that people that are economically, uh, you know, disfortunate or misfortunate or um, can't talk today have a, a higher chance of dying early. That's true. You can look it up. And, um, you know, so this is a real number, uh, 200,000 to 2.4 uh, million, oh, sorry, 1.7 million people could die. But the CDC has another scenario, which is very scary, which is the 2.4 million to 21 million people could require hospitalization. That's where everybody gets paused. They say, oh my God, 21 million could require hospitalization. That would completely swamp the, the healthcare system. And that's why everybody's saying, we have to flatten the curve. We have to flatten the curve. Well, there's a lot of uh, faith and trust in this uh, 21 million people number that's going to completely destroy apparently our healthcare system will have no way to deal with it this seems to be uh a not a definite thing i mean if they say 21 million people could require hospitalization there's only 200,000 people right now in the entire world that have been infected with coronavirus so okay it would have to be a big jump now i'm not a medical expert i don't know and also, I'm not an economist. I don't know. What I do know is that we're destroying our economy and potentially destroying capitalism. And everybody seems to sh- uh, be sure uh, that we're just going to go back to normal after three weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah, just going to go back to normal. Everybody's going to get their job back. All the restaurants will be able to reopen. All the small businesses will be able to reopen. I'm telling you right now. The spiral effect that is going to be caused from these layoffs and business shutdowns, it's astronomical. It is on the scale of the Great Depression. That's what we're heading to. And I don't want to scare you. And I don't want you to go out and start hoarding because that's going to make it worse. But I'm saying every time you go to the store, you should buy a few extra things. You should plan on the fact that money isn't going to buy you very much uh, in the future. There's going to be... um, a bad situation economically, that it's going to kill us. It's going to kill us metaphorically. It's going to kill us, some of us physically. And I don't know if it's being compared to how many people would die from coronavirus, how many people are going to die from the economic uh, shutdown that's going to lead to a catastrophe, an economic catastrophe. Just now, I think some politicians are waking up to the fact that their constituents are angry. The young people are being uh, asked to sacrifice their economic livelihoods, their future prospects, in many cases, their entire futures uh, for the infirmed, for the very old and the very sick. And I wonder if you go and you ask the infirmed and the very old and the very sick as they're lying in their hospital bed, if they would like us to sacrifice the American economy, if they would like us to sacrifice capitalism, if they would like us to enter a great recession or a great depression and risk 10,000 suicides to try to save their life, uh, uh, 10,000 suicides of young people. And I wonder how many would say, just give me the morphine. I've had a beautiful life. And I wonder how many would cling and say, no, if I go, you go, because I think we're home of the brave. I think the greatest generation would say, I've had my turn and I don't want to destroy the country. But you know what? That's not the problem. The problem aren't the infirmed in the hospital beds. The problem are the infirmed captains of industry 
The very powerful people that control all the wealth in this country are the very people that are shutting down the country because they can ride out the storm. But you know what? You and me, it's a little bit harder for us to ride out the storm, isn't it? And instead of businesses being given an opportunity to be safe, to present social distance guidelines, instead of getting hand sanitizer and disinfectant in the hands of business leaders so they could keep their businesses open, instead of that, we shut down everything and we've agreed to sacrifice the young, to sacrifice the economy for the infirmed, for the very old. I do want to say some good news that the local grocery store today, my local grocery store, was restocked and uh, had everything besides meat. There was no paper towels. There was no uh, very limited meat variety. There was some meat, but they had vegetables. I mean, thank God. It looked somewhat normal. The lines weren't out the door, and it got me a little bit hopeful about the situation. Of course, the stock market has just is going down and down and down. Driving home from the grocery store, I saw a young woman who was jogging, and she had tears in her eyes. Her face looked of dread. And I don't know this. I'm just a guess. It ran through my mind. Oh, she's probably got laid off because young people across the country now are getting laid off from their jobs, from car dealerships, from restaurants, from bars, from bakeries, automotive shops, and everything in between wineries and um, any places where public people gather and even places where public doesn't gather, just individuals gather. And they say all non-essential businesses must shut down. It's just the essential businesses that can stay open. Well, let me ask you this. Only essential businesses are in existence. Because if you weren't an essential business, you wouldn't be in existence. You wouldn't be making any money if you were not essential. This is economics 101 that none of the local officials, none of the government officials seem to understand. Now, I think most of us have been exposed to this virus. My first coronavirus episode was back in January, the end of January. I think that this disease, this virus, has been here for months. And I think most of us have been exposed to it. It's just a guess. I don't know. But if I'm right, everybody that gets tested virtually, a huge, huge, a huge number of people that get tested are going to turn up positive. Not because the infection is fastly spreading, but because it's already spread and people have already been exposed to it. And we have to be very careful to try to understand, are these social isolation quarantine practices the shelter-in-place orders that are unconstitutional, that are treasonous in many ways and criminal, but are they even necessary? Are they even working? Are they doing anything to help? Because if it's already spread, if most people have already been exposed to the coronavirus, then this is just destroying the economy for nothing, and we're going to enter a Great Depression for nothing. Now, I know you're sitting there and you're in denial. And you're saying, we're not going to enter a Great Depression. It's going to go back to normal. And we just got to get this through our system. Well, I'm not so convinced of that. I think that the doctors, the medical experts have scared everyone to death. I think that CNN is essentially yelling fire in a crowded theater. And I think they're criminal. I think that uh, people are panicking in large part because they're saying that this virus is going to kill millions and we're all going to die, when in fact that is not the case. Under the worst case scenario, again, 
They say 200,000 to 1.7 million Americans could die under the worst case modeling. You know how many Americans died in 2017? 2,800,000, uh, uh, over 2,800,000, uh, okay? That's how many Americans died in 2017. So add 200,000 on top of that. Even add 1.7 million on top of that. And it's a horrible, horrible situation. And I don't mean to sound heartless, but is it worth sacrificing the entire economy? And shouldn't we be talking about economists, uh, talking to economists right now, asking them? Because all the talk and all the expertise, it's all the medical doctors. Oh, yeah, the medical doctors who think of themselves as gods. And we look up to them as gods. Maybe... We should look up to economic doctors as gods and ask them, what is this going to do? What kind of harm are we going to have economically as a result of listening to all these medical doctors who, I hate to say it, but seem to be very cowardice? Many of them. Many of the uh, civilian medical doctors seem to be cowards to me. Everybody's saying that, that they need to flatten the curve, flatten the curve, flatten the curve. All these medical experts, they recommend sacrificing the nation's economy. And why? Because the medical doctors weren't up to the challenge of caring for the sick. And there's no way around it. Now, Sergeant Trey Bearclaw, who I've had on the show, who I hope to have joining the podcast tomorrow, says military medical command should be used to augment civilian hospitals. They are trained to do a lot with a little. And I agree with that 100%. The civilian doctors don't seem up to the challenge. They keep screaming that we don't have enough hospital beds. We don't have enough hospital beds. Well, make some more. Do more with little. Do your job to let us do our job. This is Kingston Country. The Dan Kingston Podcast is brought to you by Traveling with Janice and Cruise Brothers. You can count on Traveling with Janice and Cruise Brothers to be your trusted resource to help with travel-related questions and recommendations, especially given what's going on in the news right now. You don't want to book anything without first consulting Janice to ensure you stay safe and protected. Call Janice at 480-648-3324 or email travelingwithjanice at gmail.com. Hey, everyone. Bentley Fierro, Southern California. You are listening to the Dan Kingston Podcast. Chinese virus what? Hey, I'm outside. I'm shopping. I'm going to the gym. Ain't no little thing like this going to keep me down. Stay strong, USA. This is nothing for us. The vast majority of suffering won't occur in clean hospital hallways or even in the makeshift wards. The vast majority of suffering is going to occur under the dirty highway overpasses, lived-in cars, and long bread lines. It's going to happen in dirty places that no one cares about, no one's looking at. But they'll still be saying on CNN, oh, the poor doctors, we must flatten the curve at all possible, uh, anything, you know, necessary to flatten the curve. Pay no attention to the invisible economic death as a result. So what do you think? What do you think? 
Throughout history, the young get sacrificed for the old. Nothing new there. Nothing new. But doctors knew what they were signing up for, didn't they? I mean, they knew what they were signing up for. Why aren't they up to the job? Why are they saying we have to sacrifice our way of life? So th- otherwise they can't take care of us. They can't take care of us. Is it all because of the resources? You could give them unlimited resources. And I wonder, would they be screaming we don't have enough? Well, it's a taboo thought. And I'm sure if you're listening out there, you're a doctor, you're saying, what the hell, Dan Kingston? I'm sorry. Come on the show as a guest. Defend yourself. Defend the civilian medical doctors. Please. Because I think we need military medical command to take over the show, to calm us down, to let us know that we do have the resources, that we can take care of the people, that we don't need to panic. And that CNN should stop yelling fire in a crowded building because people need to get out of that theater in an orderly way. I believe grocery workers should be paid more. They're on the front lines right now. And it's only fair to increase pay to grocery store workers immediately. I think that needs to happen. I think we all need to come together and not hoard. I think we need to take precautions to distance ourselves uh, distance ourselves from elderly people, old people. If we're young, we could be asymptomatic and spreading the disease. I think that we need to eliminate the shelter in place, that as American citizens, we can be responsible. We don't need to be self-quarantined. Businesses should be allowed to present plans on how to operate safely. Those plans should be reviewed and expedited and Businesses that are allowed to stay open in a safe way or a reasonably safe manner should be allowed to stay open and given permission. Every business is essential or else it wouldn't be in existence. People need to recognize that. We need to recognize things aren't going to go back to normal unless we lift the shelter in place. Unless we allow businesses to operate, things are never going to go back to normal, never the way they used to be. This is the death blow to mom and pop stores. This is a death blow to family-run businesses. The only thing left after this is going to be Amazon and Apple. I don't even know if they'll be in the entertainment industry, but they'll be big conglomerates run by China. That's what's going to be left. But goodbye to the local stores you used to care about. And they can't recover from this. Three weeks? Give me a break. Now, I know you're probably still in denial. You think everything's going to go back to normal. But just in case they don't, prepare. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Do what's necessary without hoarding, without being a jackass, to prepare yourself in case it gets a lot worse. Because, my friends, I'm afraid it's going to get a lot worse. But I'll be here, and I'll continue covering what's happening and trying to give you uh, my idea of what's happening a few weeks in advance. And if I can say that things are turning around and I can be more optimistic, I'll change my tune. But right now, I think we all need to hunker down and really prepare for a very dark storm on the horizon. Take care of yourself and take care of your family. Kingston Country. You've been listening to the Dan Kingston Podcast. 